This is the She is Wise and Woo podcast with Ellie and Erin, bringing actionable tools and tips every week for busy women looking to live a more purposeful life. Join us as we share practical ways to support your wellness so that you can know yourself better, like yourself more and trust yourself fully. Hello and welcome to She is Wise and Woo. Today we are talking about one of my most favourite things, which is emotions. Woohoo! Yippee! Erin, how are you feeling about a conversation about emotions? Uh, do I have to describe an emotion right now? <laughs> um, <clears throat> less than excited, <laughs> but um, interested? I don't know. I don't know. So, I know emotions I, are your thing, totally. Yeah, there's something that... I, I I really enjoy. I mean, it helps that I'm a very watery sign. So emotions are something that I've experienced a lot in my life, but also things that I've spent a lot of time pushing down and hiding and not feeling because I bought into the well, basically what we what I was certainly told as as a child from society, from teachers that don't be emotional don't don't talk about how you feel all of those things and I think a lot of people suffer from that and now it's kind of it's okay to talk about it but people don't necessarily know how to talk about it or what words to use so they really struggle in terms of being able to describe things and that's what today's episode is going to be about it's just really exploring what is our emotional vocabulary and why is it really important that we we have one and that we understand it so first up the the main thing to remember is that emotions and feelings are, are very they're very similar they're used interchangeably but there's a very slight difference between the two of them so feelings are emotional experiences and physical sensations whereas emotions are only ever felt through emotional experiences so the fundamental difference i guess is that feelings feelings are experienced consciously while emotions manifest themselves consciously or subconsciously. So it's that whole being able to understand that they're kind of the the sensations, they're the thoughts, they're the they're ourselves when we're we're going through experiences. They're the things that that we ourselves experience within our bodies and our minds. The the challenge is that a lot of people don't know how to do that and so block them don't let them rise up and spend a lot of energy and time pushing them down. And that's something we've got to be more okay with accepting that, that we do have these emotions and feelings. So hopefully that vaguely makes sense. Um, if you have any questions that come up through today's conversation, please DM me, um, Ellie Bell at, at Ellie Bell Awakening or Awakening the Wise Woman, either of those, and I can answer any specific questions. But emotions are really, really important. They are basically data points that allow us to understand what's going on for us. And as I said, they're often experienced subconsciously, but we can bring a consciousness to them once we are open to it. So once we start to be more interested more open to feeling the emotions that we've got they will start to come forward more obviously and Erin's going to talk a little bit about how we can really understand what they are on a sort of on a more physical side what's the energy behind emotions but just diving in quickly to emotional vocab so what what 
I'm talking about there is basically the words to describe it. And I challenge anyone listening to to write down as many words that they've got to describe their feelings or their emotions. And 10, 12, you know, is a good start. But when you actually really start to explore it, there are so many and they have different nuances once you start to be able to understand the difference between them. So often when we say we feel sad, for example, that could that sadness could be actually a number of different things. Is it grief? Is it, a, is it sadness about loss? Is it a sadness about um, not being understood? Is it a sadness about feeling un, unheard or unloved? When we start to be able to explore deeper into what these feelings actually, these emotions mean to us, we can just gain more data about them. How's your emotional vocab, Erin? Is it something that you really enjoy? I mean, I think we know the answer is no. Um, (laughs) For me, uh, my emotional vocab is definitely a lot better since having children um, because I use it a lot to understand where they're at. Uh, so, you know, if you use sadness as the um, the thing to talk about, um, when my children say that they're sad, I ask them a lot of questions around that sadness. Not necessarily like, you know, is it sadness from this or sadness from this? But, you know, is it um, – so, you know, I come from the energetic perspective, I guess, of what is the energy that they're sitting in. And so I'll ask things like, what color is that? Mm. Um is that hot or is that cold? Uh, is that, you know, does it have a texture? Is it is it smooth or is it rough or is it sticky or is it spiky? Um, you know, those kinds of things and get them to really describe and make it a physical thing for themselves so that they can identify it uh, and so that they can get rid of it, you know, clear it mm. out. Um, but also I think that, the good thing about doing that is it gives us a really good, clear understanding from the parent perspective of what our child is actually feeling because, mm. you know, I mean, their emotional vocabulary is, is minuscule in relation to the potential vocabulary that we have. Um, and we have much a much greater understanding as adults often, um, not always, <clears throat> um, <laughs> but often, you know, rather than saying I'm sad, I might, might say I'm lonely or I'm, um, you know, I'm grieving or um, I'm homesick, those sorts of things where we can kind of really describe almost what the, the cause of the emotion is as well as the emotion. Um, I don't think children necessarily have quite the, vo- the same vocabulary around that stuff. So mm. being able to describe it, um, and, you know, for my, my son, for example, his anxiety um, is always sticky. It's mm. always sticky. And for me, that represents the fact that it, it attaches itself to him in, in a number of different places in a number of different ways. And it feels like he's stuck in it. Um, and so that enables me to then work with him around that emotion. So, yeah, I think, it, you know, when we talk about vocabulary, it's it's about bringing more consciousness to what we're actually feeling on a um, on an emotional level, um, but also using physical descriptors to help us understand that because we are physical beings. 
Yeah. And, and the helpful thing about the physical descriptors is that often things will show up in our body before we'll necessarily be able to name them. So actually, once you start to know how different emotions feel within your body, you can almost check it before, like earlier than than you would if you just had to name it. So it's a really helpful, um, it's a really helpful thing to have a go at. And actually, one of the things that I do with clients is encourage, I, I will give them homework, because, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And they'll actually have specific emotions to, to go through. And almost the, the great thing about emotions is that you can almost make yourself feel them without necessarily needing an outside stimuli so you could say if I wanted to ask you to explain what despair feels like you would actually be able to just imagine that emotion within you and it would give you the same response as if it was actually if you were actually going through it so you can use it to it's a really great technique to be able to just start to connect with how emotions show up in your body which allows you to bring more consciousness to it which allows you to use the information more helpfully one of the big challenges when we don't have the emotional vocabulary we don't have the language to describe how we're feeling it it makes it really difficult for us to talk about our experiences and our ability to make sense of what's happening so when we're not actually able to really describe it so when we do just use the word sad rather than the word grieving or lonely or depressed whatever whatever is the the deeper word it actually means that we don't we can't really fully express what's going on for us to others but also to ourselves so people will be you know can think well if i'm actually going to describe the emotion is that going to give it more power over me is it actually going to make it bigger than if i just ignore it and push it down and don't deal with it which trust me i know a lot of people who've tried that system it does not work so good but by naming it it doesn't give it any more power it actually gives power to you because it gives you the power of understanding and meaning and that's awesome that allows you to really start to be able to take a bit more control over how you feel how you're showing up and how you respond to things the other great thing about being able to name the emotion that you're feeling is the self-awareness but it allows us to move through them we don't get stuck in it we don't get stuck trying to push it down and not name it and hide it and all of those things we actually get to pull it forward look at it and then choose what we want to do with it so there's a great technique and actually it's I learned it in a parenting book um, which the mindful parent I think it was and it it comes up in various different places but she she labeled it as um, the acronym MVP So it's mirror, validate and pause is what that means. So what the way the technique is with children, but it absolutely works with ourselves is when something happens and you and you have a feeling when you mirror it, you're you're just saying what it is. You're just looking at yourself saying, right, I feel sad or I feel really I feel really frustrated at the moment. And then the next piece is the validate. I feel really frustrated because actually I've made this delicious dinner for my children and once again they have decided not to eat it and they haven't enjoyed it and I've and it's made me feel really frustrated. So what you're doing is you're naming the emotion, you're explaining, you're being conscious about why you're feeling it and then the P is for a pause so it's actually literally just not doing anything else with it. We don't need to justify it. We don't need to have any judgment about it. We don't need to do anything with it. We just need to accept that it is what it is at the moment. And as we can start to do more of that, we start to, that that need to that they're good and they're bad and they're this and they're that starts to dissipate because we just accept that they are part of who we are and we can work through it. We can let it just go. 
Otherwise, if we don't name it, if we don't understand why we're feeling it, we literally push it down. And the amount of energy, and people will have heard me use this descriptor before, it's a bit like the power of a wave. When it starts to roll in up the beach, it's there is so much power within it. Imagine trying to just put a block so that it can't go through. So you're stopping the wave. It's cresting and then you're stopping it. That is so much energy to hold in your body that it is just not good for you on any level. Whereas if we can name it and we can let it flow through us, imagine it, the wave crests and it goes down and it goes up the beach and it rolls back again. And they reckon it's around 90 seconds is the length of time that it takes for an emotion to, to go through. So it's actually not that long if you can let it. Whereas if you hold it in, you could be holding it in for years, years and years. So it really is important to be able to start talking about them using the words to describe them. And if you'd like a copy of an emotional wheel, then just DM us at Awakening the Wise Woman and we will send you a PDF. And it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant tool to use where you can actually start to track what it is you're feeling and then look and see actually, is that what it is? Or is it the next level? Or is it the next level? So I really, really recommend um, getting in touch and getting hold of an emotional wheel because it is really helpful, particularly when you, you do have children. Just in terms of that, describing them energetically Erin can you just share a little bit of insight about what sort of things people should be looking for in terms of being able to describe an emotion energetically yeah I mean I think that so the first thing is just to um get really present in your body when you're trying to do that I think um so if you're trying to identify something uh, energetically um the first thing is just close your eyes and just take a few deep breaths and just notice your body like notice you know, if you feel heavy, if you feel um, light, if there's any sort of tingly sensations, that kind of thing, and just pay attention to what's coming up. Um, but then ask yourself, you know, <clears throat> what is the emotion that I'm feeling? And then start to look for your senses within that. So um, I work through the senses with my children. So I start with eyes. And what what can you see about that emotion? Like what what color is it? Um, what does it look like? And then, you know, it might be the next one is usually the ears. So what does it sound like? You know, is, does it, does it sound, um, does it sound loud? Is it really quiet? Is it um, something like, is it echoey? Like what does it, what are the sounds associated with it? And then, you know, smell and taste and touch is the last one that I use because touch is the one that generally sort of brings it right forward for them um, in terms of understanding what it, what it is. Uh, so, you know, we'll just ask like, what, what, what flavor does it have? Is it sour? Is it sweet? Um, and the smell, you know, what is the, what does it smell like? Does it smell nice like flowers or does it smell yucky like smoke? Like what does it, what does it smell like? And then what does it feel like? What does, what, when you touch it, is it sticky? Is it, hard is it soft is it rough um children have a lot of vocabulary around that stuff um and so that's really helpful when you're dealing with children but also as adults um we're less resistant to describing our physical senses um and what we can see sense touch feel etc um than we are about our emotions so converting it into something that is energy and physical and something that we can, you know, describe using that vocabulary is really helpful to kind of step away from the emotional stuff until we have a better grip on what the emotional language is to describe it, I think. Brilliant. 
So just to recap, emotions are the the subconscious. Um, they're the the well, no, they manifest either consciously or subconsciously. They're they're how we're feeling about the situation, and they're something that is they're, they're data points. They're they're information for us to be able to understand ourselves a little bit better, identify where we need to still do some work, think about what it is that we might need to uncover and explore and and just really know ourselves a little bit better. They really do provide us with that sort of information. And there's a way of doing that. If you sort of start to name it, there's an emotional wheel that you can use and actually start to describe the energy physically makes it much easier. So hopefully this has been a helpful episode. It's something that I really enjoy. Like I said, let us know if there's any questions. If I haven't explained anything quite as well as I could, please get in touch, let me know, and we can um, share some more information with you so thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon thanks for listening to she is wise and woo if you enjoyed today's episode please feel free to share like and review and don't forget to subscribe for more info about what we do visit our website awakeningthewisewoman.com and check out the show notes for all our links to our socials 